a good God we serve. Amen? Smile real big at your neighbor and say, I'm going to get it all today, praise God. Amen? We're going to go to the book of Mark is where we're going to start. Chapter 5, please. Mark and 5. Let me get my glasses or I'm going to go to the wrong book. Hallelujah. Mark 5, please. Hallelujah. Well, Mark 5. And I'm going to go to uh, verse 1, please, is where we're going to start. Let me clean these things a little better. Hallelujah. There we are. Hallelujah. Verse 1 says, Then uh, they came to the other side of the sea, to the uh, country of the Gadarene. Uh, and when he had come out of the boat, this is Jesus and the posse. Okay, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. Everybody say unclean. Amen. Most of them devils are. Come on now. Anyway, an unclean spirit. He said, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he often uh, been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him. Uh, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. Okay, obviously, it's demonic. And always night and day, he... Uh, was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Okay, screaming and crying out, cutting himself. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. Isn't that amazing? That devil's going to bow the knee. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Isn't it amazing that a lot of the people around him couldn't figure out who he was, but the devils always knew who he was. Anyway, it's just a thought. Come on now. So anyway, he said, uh, uh, you know, what do you, what do you have to do with, uh, with us, Jesus, son of, of the most high? I implore you, um, uh, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. And he said to him, come out uh, of the man unclean spirit. And then he asked him, what is your name? Now, this is really the only time he did that. Jesus didn't take his time, you know, finding out what every devil's name was. But uh, the point's being made here. The name is Legion. For we are many. So we're not just talking about, you know, one spirit here. We're talking about quite a few spirits. Come on, somebody, that are uh, really congregated there. And obviously because of the man, uh, you know, who he was and where he was, uh, opened the door to this. And, of course, here they come, right? So he begged him earnestly and said that uh, he would not send, uh, send him out of the country, um, that he would not send him out of the country. And now a large heard a swine was feeding there by the mountains, and so all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus, uh, you know, at once Jesus gave them permission, and then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 in, in that herd there, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they uh, told, uh, told it in the city, and in the country, and they went out to see what was happening. And when they came out to Jesus and saw that, that one, the one that had been demon-possessed uh, and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. That will happen when Jesus comes on the scene. Hallelujah. Sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They obviously, you know, they knew who this was. And uh, those who saw it told them, how it happened to, to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. And then they begged him to depart. Isn't that wild? 
Well, because the bottom line is they had a bunch of swine, a herd of 2,000, uh, which is not, uh, you know, if you kind of get into all the, you know, what's going on here is they're kind of got money, uh, a money thing going on on the side and uh, doing some things they probably shouldn't be doing. And so that's why they uh, really, that's, they took advantage of the fact that this guy in the tombs, devil-possessed, keeps everybody away. Well, anyway, so all of a sudden now their business is shot. So now they want them to leave because you messed up our, our income. Well, anyway, okay, that went over like a lead balloon. Let's try something else here. All right. And when he got into the boat, right, now Jesus is heading out, right, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. In other words, I'd like to go with you because I don't want to hang out with these guys. Well, and, you know, you think Jesus say, fine, jump in the boat, you know, but he said he, he didn't permit him, and he said, go home to your friends. See, one translation says to your family, so it's going to your home. You're going to connect with your family, your friends, and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has, has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim, talking about this, this gentleman that got delivered here, began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. Uh, and they all marveled at that, okay? Uh, in other words, one says that he was the talk of the town. Well, you can imagine, because they all knew who that was. Now, obviously, the, the man had a family, had a home, had a family, and had friends at one time. Come on. So Jesus said, you go back, you know, you go, and you go tell. Amen. Everybody say, go and tell. You know, they're show and tell, but you got to go and tell. Come on, son. Now, there's probably a little showing going on, too, but, but the bottom line is he's telling him, he says, you go and go make a difference. You go into town and tell them what God's done for you. Are you with me? Well, let's look at some of this. Let's, let's just define it. Amen. Um, it says here, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. Now, is that complicated? He didn't say, now you go and you tell them all the verses you know and give them a lowdown of your doctrine and make sure you got chapter and verse, son. Is that what he said? There was nothing wrong with knowing what you believe. You should at least grow into that and you should have some chapter and verse of what you stand on, but it starts pretty simple because there's simplicity in Christ. It's the way it works. How about go home and be a light? How about go home and, 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 you know, to your family and to your friends and be a light. Tell them what God has done. Well, what do I do? How do I? Go tell them what God's done for you. Has God done anything for anybody in this house? Yes. I think you're lying to me. Well, let's try. Has God done anything for you? Yes. There's a few less of you said something there. Has God done something for you? Amen. We can go kind of back, look at things, amen. Just the fact that you are saved and you're no longer hell-bound ought to be enough. But you know as well as I do that we, God has done all kinds of things. God has delivered people, has healed people, uh, breakthroughs, uh, you know, in their families, their households, their health, their finance. We can go on and on and on where God has shown himself strong in the area of provision, shown himself strong in the area of deliverance, shown himself strong in the area of healing. 
Now, let me ask the question again. Has anybody ever had God do anything for them? So you got something to go and tell. Well, I just don't know what to say. Well, what's God done for you? Now, when I, you know, came into the kingdom, you know, I was kind of a, you know, I don't know. I don't even want to talk. Just heathen, I guess. And so you can imagine. So anyway, I come into the kingdom and, and uh, come into this stuff, and I'm finding out more and more things about God, and, and little by little, I've seen deliverance and breakthroughs in my life. And, you know, I go back to my, you know, my family, and I, you know, I talk it, and they all think I'm a kook. But not everybody did. Do you think when this man went back to his household that he had some attention? I mean, who's going to deny it? He's the guy you hear screaming out there at the tombs at night. Every time you get anywhere close, you see the guy freaking out and doing things. And come on now. And all of a sudden now, he's, that's why they, they all kind of got taken back because he's clothed. Come on, he's sitting there. He's clothed and he's in his right mind. So all of a sudden, you know, you know, some, everything's different now. Now, of course, those that came out there were only coming out there because they knew that their livelihood just got eliminated. But when he went to town, it was a different ball game. According to church history, a lot happened in there because of that. This man started, amen, something, praise God, by telling just what God had done, how he got delivered. And it begins a snowball effect, so to speak, amen, just by one man sharing what God has done. And it's still going on all across the world. All God needs is the people to go and tell what God has done. Are you with me? Amen. Let me define some of this. You say, what? Yeah, there's a definition for this. The word to tell them, the Greek word here, it means to announce in detail, to declare, to report it. Amen. I wish they'd report more of this. Come on. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? To rehearse and to show, and it means to testify. To, to give testimony, to testify what God's doing. Now, I praise God for uh, the testimonies of people, and, and uh, to, to testify doesn't mean it has to happen behind a pulpit. Now, we praise God for those that have done that, and even our CR, is a lot of it's even uh, based on that, getting people to talk about what God's done in their life. Amen. To hopefully spread, amen, to, to those there, praise God, to understand God is still doing things. Are you still with me? But how many know it doesn't have to always be, happen behind a pulpit? See, he said to him, you go back to your home, amen, touch your family, touch your friends, Amen. Go back to your workplace. Come on. And tell them, talk about it, what God has done. Sometimes that's all it takes. Are you with me? I mean, when, we, when I got into this and started, I didn't know I was dumb as a stump when it came time to doctrine. I was dumb as a stump when it came time to, to Scripture and the verses. All I know, I'm going off of what I'm hearing somebody minister and teach. Amen. And faith come by hearing it. And I kept hearing it. And what happened then all of a sudden, amen, I took advantage of it, jumped on it. And now I'm talking that. And I'm seeing, telling what God's done for me. And people started saying, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? And I didn't know what to tell them. Now, God doesn't want you to remain in that condition, but the, it started with first. Nobody, see, you can't, 
See, a, a guy with an argument is at the mercy of a man with an experience. And they could try to argue all day long. But what it did then is it drove me back to the word to find out for myself why God did what he did and how God will, you know, do this and do that. And then I've got chapter and verse. That didn't come right away. It started first with just going and telling what God has done. You can't deny what God did in me. You can argue with it all you want to. Whatever. Right? Think about that. I'll say, who's going to deny the fact that you were this guy, now you're this guy? Or you were this gal, now you're this gal? Is anybody hearing me? See, we all have something to testify about. And the thing that we're trying to bring out here is we're not saying to, to be exempt from, you know, knowing the truth and doctrine and all that. We're just saying it's first start simple. What has God done for you? How has God shown himself strong? We've had people in here where they came to us and said, the doctor says that you're, they're going to have a stillborn. We said, no, they're not. No, they're not. So we took a stand, we agreed together, and now that kid's driving a car. Well, who's going to deny that? Is anybody hearing me? We can go on and on and on about how God has provided, how God has healed, how God has delivered. Look at your neighbor and say, go and tell. Praise God. We got to talk these things. Amen? Well, what if, they, what if they ask me a question I don't know? Then you tell them I don't know, but I'll find it out for you. The message translation of this verse here, it says, go home to your own people and tell them your story. Tell them your story. That's where it starts. Tell them your story. In verse 20, it says, he departed then and he began to proclaim in Decapolis. Okay, he began to proclaim. Everybody say proclaim. Caruso is the Greek word. It's a key word we're going to use today, but it means to preach, to herald, to publish, do whatever it takes to give witness, to give evidence, amen, to testify again. Amen. We'll do whatever it takes to get the word out. We're going to proclaim. Everybody say proclaim. Hallelujah. He said all that Jesus had done for him, and it said then all began to marvel. So when he went into the town, even though some of the few that came out got, you know, got set back a little bit, got, you know, feared or whatever, the, I think the word even says they became afraid. But the bottom line was, okay, they didn't like what happened, but the people in town were grateful to see what happened. They said they marveled. The word marveled here, another key word, it just means admire, astonish, wonderment, amen, to regard and to be awed by, amen. In fact, Matthew 9 and, 20, uh, Matthew 9 and 32 and 33, put that up real quick. It says, as they went out, behold, they brought uh, to him a man mute and demon-possessed. A different story, but let's look at it. And when the demon was cast out, the mute, the mute spoke, and the multitudes, what? marveled, amen, saying it has never, or it was never seen like this in Israel, praise God. Hallelujah. Sometimes all it takes is, amen, is you just start talking it and saying it. Pretty soon people marvel, amen. 
It doesn't take much. When, you, when people find out, amen, that God delivers. You know, Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still setting captives free. He's still healing. He's still delivering. People need to know that. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, shout it out. Praise God. <laughs> Testify. Amen. I don't care if you sing it, praise it, celebrate it, talk it, shout it. Amen. Somehow or another, the word has to get out of what God has done for you. Amen. Go and tell. Look at your neighbor and say, go and tell. Praise God. Go to Luke 18, if you will. Praise God. Luke 18. Are you doing okay or am I boring you? I don't want to bore you now. Let's look at another story here. I want to talk about this thing, about telling, about testifying. What does it mean? What does it produce? All right, Luke 18 and 35. Hallelujah. It just says this. And then it happened as he, uh, as he was coming near Jericho, of course, talking about Jesus, and a certain blind man sat by the road begging. Okay, and I've obviously been doing that for a while. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. And there's, I hear something going on. I'm not sure what's going on. He's asking him what's happening. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Well, obviously, he's heard about this Jesus of Nazareth. Now, here he comes. He's coming right down your street. Praise the Lord. Huh? And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody's going, oh, oh please, you're embarrassing us. Are you hearing me? So those went about warning him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more. I love this guy. Cried out all the more, right? Son of David, have mercy on me. Somebody said, well, you know, that's just, you know, we don't, we don't need to get too radical. Let's, let's don't, you know, just settle down. So is your salvation just a kind of a lightweight, whatever up is? not that Hallelujah. Has, 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 has what God done for you been a good thing been a great thing has anybody ever had a financial breakthrough okay has anybody ever had a healing had a breakthrough has anybody in your family ever been delivered of something or you yourself been delivered of anything has it been a great thing has it been a good thing huh it's been a good thing. Well, you know, and, you know, you got you got a reason to shout. You got a reason. You know, you got something to proclaim. You got something to tell people about. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, settle down. Good night. We're dignified around here. Remember, that's what, the, you know, David's wife said to him, you know. He said, you think this is undignified? You ain't seen nothing yet, honey. <laughs> right? Come on now. I got a reason to shout and praise God. Amen? Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? All right. So Jesus stood still. Listen, obviously something happened here, and we know it, we know it was faith, the faith of this man. Obviously, Jesus stood still. He, something stopped him in his tracks, and so he commanded this blind man, Come on now, to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, he says, well, what do you want me to do for you? Now, you know as well as I do, obviously he knew this was a blind man. 
you know, and I think I might even said this a week or so back or something, you know, I mean, well, you know, got to find out what does this guy actually want. We don't know. But obviously he said that I might receive my sight. Okay, well, Jesus saw that, knew that. Come on, but he had to ask him, what do you want? What is it you want? Well, uh, Jesus then said what? Receive, right? Come on, receive your sight. But he said, your faith has made you well. Now, that's a whole sermon right there in itself. But it says, and immediately he received his sight, and he followed him. Here we go. Glorifying God and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Am I right? Well, let's define some of this, okay? So, he was glorifying God, which the word glorifying here, doxazo, is the Greek word, which just means to esteem high, to magnify, to render glory unto, but it means to testify and appreciation. So, obviously, he's telling everybody, look, look, my eyes, they're working. You know, I can see now, you know, whatever. So, obviously, he's talking about it, and everybody else is getting all excited about it. And it says here that they began to praise God. The word praise, anonos, okay, is the Greek word, which just means to tell the story, to acknowledge, confess and express, to recognize or recognition, uh, giving of thanks and appreciation again. But again, what it was, see, what's going on is, amen, he began to jump around and got all excited. He's telling everybody, look, I received my sight, and now everybody else is talking it. Because that's how it's supposed to work. See, nowadays there's a lot of bad news out there, and we all know how to talk the bad news and then keep talking the bad news, and everybody gets involved in the bad news. And then everybody just gets depressed and mad. I know it's none of you. It's all them other people. But anyway, come on. But see, it's, it's, supposed, to be, it's, it's supposed to work for us, not against us. And so what he says is, listen, listen, this, I've received my sight. I got my sight. They're all noticing. They're recognizing, okay, I think this is actually Bartimaeus in one of the other uh, Gospels that brings it out. His name's Bartimaeus. So blind Bart, they all knew blind Bart. And blind Bart, amen, now can see and is walking down the street dancing and praising God, amen, and everybody else around is seeing it, and now they're talking it. And now, you know how news spreads? People say, isn't that blind Bart? Isn't that, oh, my gosh, look what God, oh, my gosh, it's true. Oh, my. This is how it's supposed to work. So one of the first things that you find out about when you, when you start talking it, amen, is the fact that it brings praise and glory unto God. They all began to praise God. They all began to give God glory. They might not have understood all the particulars. They might not have understood all the doctrines. They may not have understood, all understood about this Jesus. They may not have really knew about, they just maybe heard stories about this Jesus. But all they know is, hey, that was blind Bart. And that boy sees now. I happen to know that guy's been blind. Uh, come on. They, we walk by that guy every day, and that guy's blind as a bat. But blind Bart is no longer blind Bart. He's now seeing Bart. And people know that. They see that. See the things about your life that people around you know. And all of a sudden, you're different. First time when we went back home, we came out, of course, in Oregon. I'm a, uh, you know, we're uh, Nebraska born and raised, and, and uh, we come out here in the, in the 80s, the mid 80s, 85 to be exact. And, and uh, so, uh, you know, here I am now serving God and, uh, you know, excited for Jesus and talking Jesus. My parents all kind of think I'm kooky. Family members kind of wondering. But I remember we went back there, and so all of a sudden my, uh, you know, high school friends uh, want to hook up and connect. 
Hallelujah. It's a different ball game. So we talking. We can't help but talk about what the Lord has done. I remember the, a couple came to the house and my folks' house, and we're there, and and uh, they're sitting down, and and all of a sudden, you know, he looks at me and he goes, "You're different." What happened to you? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> my, my folks go. <laughs> now, of course, they've changed since then. They're very much appreciative that their son is serving Jesus. Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. But at the time, it was just a little bit weird and a little bit awkward. Come on, somebody. And they thought maybe I'm just on some weird tangent or whatever in my life, whatever. Uh, but the bottom line is, amen, they noticed something was different. Amen. Come on, somebody. All right? So nobody can deny that because you're different. So that's why you go and tell because you're different now. You're not the same. There's something different about you. What's different about you? Well, I've, I've come to know Jesus. You mean you got religion? No, I got Jesus. You mean you're religious? No, I got Jesus. That's what I mean. You're religious. No, I got Jesus. A big difference. Amen. There's something different about you. Well, hallelujah. Well, this is what he did. Somebody talked to me about Jesus, and I received him. What do you mean you received him? Well, I'm glad you asked. They prayed for me. I got delivered. What do you mean God delivered? How do you get delivered? I'm glad you asked. Is anybody hearing me? You know, winning souls and, and, and sharing your love for uh, the love of Christ is not that complicated. We overcomplicate it. Well, if I, if I can get all, you know, get all my doctrine in order and get all. Listen, I've been saved for a lot of years. And I still don't have all my doctrine in order. Somebody says, you don't? I should be going to another church. Listen, man, we're all learning. We're all growing. We're all coming into more insight and revelation all the time. And when you think you got it all is when you need to probably relook at yourself in the mirror and go, "Mm, come on now. The point is this, amen, but what has God done? And hopefully as you grow in God, you begin to learn things and grow and you got a verse. And I I remember when the Spirit of God said it's time for you to start learning some verses. Well, I couldn't remember nothing, it seemed like. I couldn't ever remember any of the addresses to these things, right? So I had to start working on that. So I started taking a verse, and I'd quote the reference, quote the verse, quote the reference, until I got hundreds of verses every day I would quote. Well, then I was ready for some questions. But at first, all it took was knowing, hey, man, this guy's different. There's something about him that's not the same. And that's how it starts. Now, are you getting this? We're not telling you to stay ignorant to the word or ignorant of the scripture. We're just saying, listen, it starts with you just go tell your story. People want to know, does this work? Is God still moving? Is there still healings and deliverance? Is there still provision? Is Jesus Christ really the same yesterday, today, and forever? I say yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Philemon, say what? Gesundheit. <laughs> Philemon. Okay, right before Hebrews. Are you with me? Okay. 
This is a long book. One chapter. Verse 4. Philemon, verse 4. I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers. Now listen, so listen, Paul's talking, it's a letter to Philemon, okay? And he's saying, okay, your life, okay, is, has, been a, has been a game changer. Your life is different. Great things have happened in your life. And, and I'm giving God praise because of your life. Are you hearing me? I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all of his saints. Your life is speaking, amen, that the sharing, uh uh-oh, the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement, come on, of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because, uh, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Now, verse 6, the sharing. Everybody say sharing. It means the communication, the transferring. It's actually the same word used in the area of partnership and participation, koinonia. Okay? But it's talking about the sharing. Okay? So he's talking about because your willingness to share what you have inside. All right? Sharing of your faith may become, another Greek word there, okay, that means to become or becomes or to cause to be to generate, arise, okay? So in other words, when you begin to share, things begin to happen. That's what he's saying. And he says effective, okay? Which is a word, energies, where we get a word energy, but it means it begins to energize the atmosphere. It begins to be, uh, there's, there's power and energy that begins to happen. When you begin to share your life, buddy, things change. Everything shifts around you. So I give God praise for what God has used you to do. And he says, it's not only me, but all the other people get affected by your life. Just because you're willing to share. You're willing to tell what's going on. Somebody said, well, I don't have much of a testimony. I always wonder, why does a testimony have to be that you, you, know, you were uh, you know, an alcoholic or a drug addict or in prison? Some people just have served God most of their life. That's a great testimony. Nothing to be ashamed of. Well, I don't have much of a testimony. Yeah, you do. You're still serving God. You're still in the house of God. Hey, you're still praying under the Lord. You're still serving. You're still moving forward. You're still giving. Hallelujah. You still got something to testify about. Is anybody hearing me? There's nothing wrong. I praise God for all those that come out of prison, all those that come out of uh, dark past. That's what I, mine's all a dark past. I praise God, amen, for wherever you've been, whatever your background is. Don't just see a testimony or whatever sharing of your faith only can, be, only can happen if you have a, a, a negative past. Is anybody hearing me today? Are you doing okay or am I boring you? You always got something to share. What has God showed you? What has God spoke to you? What is God doing for you? Where are you, uh, the wisdom and the insight? God explained this. God led me on this. God directed me in this. God led my step, and this happened, and that happened, and this happened. I remember sharing just stuff like that, and people say, what? Hearing God? What? Yeah. He can lead you and guide you. What? You're kidding. No. 
He leads, he guides, he directs, he helps, amen. He gives you insight, shows you how to, how to be the best you can be, amen. He'll walk you in your marriage, walk you through your uh, raising of your kids. He'll walk you through your business. He'll walk you through, come on, we can go on and on and on of all the things that God will do. Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. People just need to know, amen. We're not pushing religion. We're pushing Jesus. Anybody with me? Did that sound right? It kind of didn't sound right. But anyway, you get that? All right, praise God. All right, it says verse 7 here, or no, actually uh, still verse 6 here. It says, by the acknowledgement, okay, the acknowledgement. Okay, what's that mean? Well, by the recognition of it, okay, of every good thing. Has God done a good thing in you? I mean, we got, I, I could do a whole sermon just on every good thing, just the good things God has done. The good things. The scripture is so clear. The good things. God does good things. It's the gospel. Amen. The gospel is about good things. No, it's about doctrine. No, it's really about good things. It's a message of good things. There's still good happening. The, the Mr. Mr. Good is still doing good. Amen. It's good. Everybody say good. good. Hallelujah. I love this. Uh, uh, down here, uh, the word good thing, it actually means a beneficial thing, an ad- advantage. Amen. Profitable thing. Amen. He's still doing good. Look at your name. See, he's still doing good. Okay, now verse 7 says, for we have great joy. Come on. We have great joy and consolation. Come on. Encouragement in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Empowered, strengthened, refreshed. Everybody say refreshed. refreshed. All right. See, not only does your testifying about God bring glory and praise unto God, but it also benefits the people around you. See? It encourages people. Amen. John 4, please. Let's go to John 4. Amen. Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Hallelujah. John 4. Verse 3, it says, and, he, and uh, he left Judah. Okay, this is Jesus again. Departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go, th- he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria. Remember, Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. So obviously, the Spirit of God's leading him. You need to go through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which was called uh, Sychar, near the pot of ground uh, that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Okay, talking about the well. Now, Jacob's well was there. Uh, Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, and a woman of Samaria, okay, now this is a, a Gentile woman, a woman of Samaria came and drew water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Okay, now his disciples obviously went to town to get some food. It says the next verse. Now let's, uh, I don't have time to go through all of it, but they have this dialogue that goes on. Amen. He gives them uh, some insight about some things, back and forth, the two of them talking. But in the midst of it, Jesus began to read her mail. Because he kind of does that. So he reads her mail. Started talking about her, her, uh, her sexual life and talking about her husbands. And, you know, so he's getting kind of personal. It's like, dude, get out of my business. Well, you know, she, he brings up some things that she can't deny. I, I, how do you know this? You know, 
And she realized the guy I'm sitting next to here obviously isn't some normal guy. Okay, now let's just take up, let's go like the verse uh, 27. Let's just jump here a bunch of this. It says, and at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he was talking to this woman, this, this Gentile woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking to her? In other words, nobody's about to rebuke Jesus. They're trying to figure out, see, it's unusual, but, but. It says, then the woman left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men. So she goes in now, and she's telling, come and see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And, of course, then they went out of the city and came to him. In other words, she goes out. We're seeing an evangelist here. She goes out, and all she did was tell what the Lord had done and said. Now, to her, he told her all things. Now, we know he, he didn't tell her all things, but he said enough things that she knew you probably know all things. So all of a sudden, they all come. The point is, it's amazing, amen, that when you share some things, it's amazing how it can affect lives. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah. It can affect lives. So all these people now head, uh, heading out to see him. Let's skip down here again because now he's had this conversation with the disciples. Verse 39 again. It says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the, excuse me, because of the, the word of the woman who testifies. He told me all that I ever did. In other words, because she said that, it was enough to bring those men, those people out of the city, out to where he is. See, they believed. Huh? They put... Uh, literally, that word there, pisteo, which means to have faith in or entrust in or to put uh, confidence toward, okay? So they put their confidence in this woman who testified. That literally means to bear witness, to bear record or report, to give testimony again or to give evidence. She went out there and, or went to town, said this. They, it was enough for them to hear to bring them out there. Verse 40, so when... The Samaritans had come to him. They, they urged him to stay with them. Now, this town actually wants him to stay. And he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves now have heard him ourselves, right? And we know that this indeed, amen, the Christ, the Savior of the world. See, isn't that, isn't that kind of how this works? See, you're not the Christ, you're not the healer, you're not the deliverer, you're not the provider. Somebody say, praise the Lord. But see, you have some information, you have some information, you have something that happened in you, something that happened in your life. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to say, uh, you know, I mean, really, even if they might look at you funny and they might think, ah, is he really just telling us a tall tale? Uh, you could, man, you know, if you're real about it, they go, okay, and you point them towards somebody. So they all come out, they hook up with him, and now they know for themselves. This really isn't rocket scientist, or rocket science. There we go. Right? I mean, it just, it's just how this works. Go to, uh, go to Romans 10.
Verse 14 says that, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Talking about Jesus. And how shall they hear without a preacher? We say preacher. Is that just talking about a guy like me that stands up behind a pulpit? It's the same Greek word we saw earlier, caruso, which means to proclaim, to herald, to publish, to testify. How are they going to know unless somebody finally tells them something? How is somebody going to know he heals unless you tell them that he heals? How many are going to know that he delivers still if you don't tell him that he delivers? Anybody hear me? How are they going to know these things? Well, you're going to have to talk it. How shall they uh, preach unless they've been sent? Amen? Talking about just somebody that's willing to go. And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who gl- uh, bring glad tidings of what? Good things. Glad tidings of good things is part of what the, the preaching of the gospel is. The gospel of peace. And the word, word peace means wholeness and completeness. In other words, it's the good news that God still delivers, still heals, still helps. Come on, still answer prayer. Come on, somebody. We'll still move on your behalf. Whew. Verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For, for Isaiah, this is a quote, of course, that came out of that. And the Lord who has, or pardon me, Lord who has believed our report. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And some say, well, that's just, that's just talking about, you know, the, God, you know, the, the, the scriptures. Well, it, it's obviously, it starts with the scriptures, but, but you have to understand, it's talking about, no, it's people talking, people saying something. The whole thing is they're, they're hearing the people that are proclaiming things, saying things, and they're putting their faith in that to the point that it moves them toward Christ. Amen. Now they go get it for themselves. They get delivered, born again, whatever. We get All that begins to happen. Why? Because somebody had the gall to tell somebody. Listen, when people are talking about they're not feeling good, don't just say, oh, well. Take an opportunity. Pray for them. Well, they, they, they may not like that. Well, you know, I, I always share this one test because it, to me it just says it. But I remember, you know, working in the mill, and I remember one time I heard, a, uh, you know, a gentleman wasn't feeling good. Well, he worked up in the style of the bore machine, and so he was way up high because he was on this elevated platform that he fed wood into the machine. And so I heard he wasn't feeling good, so I went up there, I climbed up that deal, so I'm standing up here. We're now above the rest of the people out there working in the mill, and I said, hey, uh, how you doing? He says, oh, you know, I've been kind of fighting, I got headaches, I've been fighting migraines so bad, man, I can't even hardly stand it. I said, well, can I pray for you? Well, he thought, you know, I was just going to walk back down and go, and... right? Well, I just said, okay, can I, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, okay, great. I laid my hands on his head right there and just cast, you know, cast out that thing, amen, and spoke life and health to him. Now, of course, he just froze. Because he didn't think I was going to do that. And now everybody sees it. And then I got done. I said, amen. He goes, okay. And I said, you feel better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel better. So I don't know. Maybe I scared it out of him. I don't know. But the point is, I mean, how are these people going to know unless somebody tells them somebody does something? Somebody said, well, I, I don't think I have an anointing. Yeah, you do because you have the message. And the, the anointing one, the word says the anointing one abides on the inside of you because you're a believer. So you got the same power in you, amen, that any other believer could have. 
Amen. It may not be exercise. It may not, it may not be using it much. And, and granted, you could begin to exercise it and maybe get a little bit more effectiveness or whatever out of it. That's fine. But it starts with somebody at least doing something. Is anybody hearing me? You have something to share. Amen. Mark 16. Let's look at this. Mark 16. Now, a lot of times referred to as the, you know, the Great Commission. But a lot of times people kind of, sometimes they, they kind of, complicated a little bit it just says this in verse 15 he said to him go this is what jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature come on and he who believes and is baptized will be saved he who does not believe will be condemned well that's talking about the born-again experience obviously but verse 17 and these signs will follow those who believe in my name they'll cast out demons they'll speak with new tongues Come on, you got authority over the demonic realm. Come on, praying in the Holy Ghost here. They will uh, take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, by no means hurt them. Doesn't mean you go around drinking poison and chasing snakes. It just, it just means that if something happens, amen, you could take a stand, and it, it, it can't, nothing is nothing deadly. Are you hearing me? It says, and you'll lay hands on the sick, and, and they'll recover. Well, these, these signs will follow them that believe. Any believers in the house? Okay, so these signs follow you that believe, and it goes on. Okay, now listen. It says, and they will recover. Praise it. It doesn't mean that they'll always get instantly healed, but they'll recover. And it starts somebody telling them that Jesus still heals. He still delivers. Verse 19 and so, uh, so then, after the Lord spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. He's still there, by the way. And, and they went out. Who's they? The ones he just got in talking to. They went out, preached everywhere, which is that same Greek, Greek word, caruso, to proclaim, to testify. Okay. It doesn't mean they went out there with chapter and verse and everything. It just meant they went out and told everything. Now, granted, they came into the doctrine. They came into the understanding. They knew what this, they, they would, if they had to use a verse, they, they found out. They did speak it. They did do it. We're not taking away from that. I'm just saying it starts out with telling your story. This Jesus, we walked with him for three and a half years. We saw things that nobody would believe. But, man, we saw day in and day out. And this Jesus is still doing things. It's still moving. Now get this. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. See, there's all this. Them speaking it, talking it, and then the Lord confirmed it. But see, sometimes we wonder, why are we not seeing things? Why are we not seeing people get healed and delivered? Because Nobody's talking it, or nobody's sharing it, or nobody's doing it. Am I boring you? That's how this works. He confirms it. And, and sometimes, you know, we read that, we think, well, he only confirms, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the scriptures kind of thing. And I'm not, I'm not taking away from it, but you have to kind of see it in the light of, they're going out telling their story. They're just going out telling their story. Okay. Now, we're not, you know, obviously it's in line with the scriptures. But see, you have to, sometimes we have to see that, okay, it's the talking it and saying it. So what happens, you're talking what God's doing. You're testifying what God has done. Listen, if God can heal you, he can heal your neighbor. If God can provide for you, he can provide for the next guy. 
If God, come on, if God, if God raised up this person, he can raise up that person. At least, you know, you're pointing everybody toward him. Is anybody hearing me? And again, don't walk out here saying I'm coming against the scriptures. No, I'm just saying sometimes we just overcomplicate it. Tell your story. What has God done for you? And if they keep asking you questions, then go get the scripture. Go get the chapter and verse and make sure you get your address and tell them everything. And say, this is where you find it. This is what it is. This is what he's still doing. Let's look at one more. Revelations 12. If you're going to talk about some testimony, you've got to at least bring this up. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. Just in case you didn't know, he makes it clear, right? Who deceives the whole world. That's what he does. Who, uh, he, has cast, uh, to the, or he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Are you hearing me? Then I heard a loud voice, okay, saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser. I mean, oh, he's still doing that. But the accuser of our brethren who was, come on, accused, or pardon me, who accused them. You ever notice how the print's getting smaller these days? Uh, The accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. He's no longer allowed there. But he's still accusing, right? He's still out there accusing you and everybody else. And it says, they, who's they? Well, the, the saints, right? These people right now. The saints here, they, we say they, they overcame him, talking about the devil, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. A lot of people forget about that one. But there's three things here. They overcame what? Their enemy. Now, just, just hang on here, okay? We're talking about, okay, you talking it is not only going to bring glory and praise unto God, not only is it going to refresh and, and bring evidence and, in a sense, bring accompanying signs to those around you, but it also helps you overcome your enemy. Okay, so there's three things mentioned real quick. I'm not going to go into all of them, but the blood of the, blood of the Lamb, they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, which is just referring to what Christ has already done, right? So Jesus already paid a price. So you got that. That's one, of your, that's one of the weapons in your belt. Come on, somebody. And by the word of their testimony, I'll come back to that, and they did not love their life. In other words, they were willing to lay down their life, amen, for what's ahead. That's what it's talking about. See, if you're not willing to do that, you got to remember, the enemy's got you. Because if you're going to bow every time the pressure's up, he's always got you. But if you settle it, say, I, I refuse to back up and quit. I've laid down my life for Christ. I'm moving forward in God regardless. That becomes a weapon. Now, the middle one is the one, of course, we're dealing with today by the word of their testimony. Talking the same thing by their word, talking about what he has done. Now, why is that so critical when it comes time to overcoming your enemy? And I really want you to hear this. It's not talking about, again, about you standing up here testifying before the brethren. Nothing wrong with that. That's all wonderful. There's definitely a place for that. Are you with me? It's talking about getting in the devil's face. It's a weapon. And it's your enemy. 
The enemy's coming against you, coming against your household, coming against your family, coming against your health, coming against your finance. He's coming against you. Here he comes. He's accusing you. He's accusing them. Bringing division, strife, contention, all kinds of stuff that's coming. Here he comes. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to call the pastor. I'm going to make sure I get this on the prayer chain. Listen, nothing wrong with calling the pastor, nothing wrong with the prayer chain. But you've got to remember, it's your enemy, and you have to wage war against your enemy. How do you do it? This is how you do it. You use your testimony. Hey, devil, shut up. Amen. The one that saved my soul, the one who's delivered me, the one who's healed my body, what God has done once for me, God will do again. You can back that enemy out the door so quick. I'm telling you what, just by talking about it. Let me tell you about what all God has done. God has healed my body. God has healed my child. God has provided here with this. Let me tell you what God did. Oh, where are you going, devil? No, just wait. Let me finish here. Uh, this is what he's done here, and this is what he's done here. Wait, 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 devil. I'm not done yet. Just, just hang on. He's done this, and he's done this, and he's done this, and he's done this, and he's done this. And the same God that did all that will do this. What, is, what are you doing? It's testimony. It's proclaiming what God has done. Somewhere along the line, you gotta, you got to recognize, amen, that if God has done that for you once or done that for somebody else, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for you again. Has anybody ever had God do anything for them? Do you have something to talk about? Something to share? Something to proclaim? Hallelujah. Have you ever been healed? Have you ever been delivered? Huh? Is anybody in the house heaven-bound? Praise God. Hallelujah. Is anybody in the house a child of God? Yeah. I mean, that in itself. Devil, I am a child of the Most High, an heir of God, a joint heir of Christ. I'm a covenant man. I'm telling you, you have no right here. Well, you don't have to be so emotional. Sometimes it pays to be emotional. Listen, I'm telling you what, you can back the enemy up so many times out. out he won't have any place. Amen. But you got to praise God. Sometimes remind him. I'm talking about the enemy. Of what God has already done. And what God will continue to do. Go and tell. Amen. Anybody get something here today? Give God praise, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.